everyone. Welcome to, I don't know the episode number, of Stallion Pancake. I'm Jason Ackerman. Hey, I'm Sarah Akavon and Hector Gonzalez. And we are Chilito Tacos. Yes. So uh, our first real guest post-COVID, we're very excited back to be back to normal. And we're so excited about, or I'm so excited to talk with you guys because uh, Chilitos was the find of COVID for me. <laughs> Everyone, like, and you guys will go into your story, but when, you know, I saw it started popping up on Instagram and I was like, this looks amazing. We don't have any good breakfast tacos in town until you guys. And I was like, this is great because whenever we travel, like, we love breakfast tacos. And then I went and tried it one day and they were awesome. And as Yvonne says, they're big tacos, they're like burritos, which yeah. is great. Uh, and delicious, and we've got it a couple times, and keep going back. So you guys were the find of COVID, and so happy to have you. So why don't you guys kind of start how, I know you've been working around Charlotte for a long time, but how did you guys decide to get together and kind of give us your backgrounds? Yeah, well, thank you first for saying that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy how it's all panned out and how overnight, you know, the whole industry and food scene changed. Um, there are like some leaders in the game and now, you know, not to rank anyone, but in general, like the product type changed in terms of like what was in demand, you know, overnight. So it's been interesting to see how the grab and go concept just kind of skyrocketed overnight for us. And, you know, we're grateful <clears throat> for the people that did discover us um, the past few months. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's start with you. You're the like. How do we decide to get together? Well, it's because I asked her out on a date, <laughs> <laughs> and she was stupid enough to say yes. Uh, she was <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, and then we just realized. Well, why don't you give your background on because you've been working in some restaurants around Charlotte. Correct. Yes. Before Toledo's. So, so I, I'm kind of a local boy. Like I. I moved here from L.A. with my family when I was 13, but I grew up, I finished high school here. And so when I decided to become a chef, I just wanted to stay close to home. So I went to Johnson & Wales, which was right up the street from me, from Huntersville, I guess you can say. <laughs> and so I would, in the meantime, like work in restaurants in uptown. And so I developed kind of connections through there. And then so when I finished my um, schooling, I went straight to work to the Dunhill Hotel. And uh, I just kind of got my, my first real taste of how the kitchens go in Charlotte here. So um, that's when I got connected. I, I met a lot of cool chefs, a lot of cool people. And eventually I started to branch out and I was able to help open up Comida restaurants in Plaza Midwood back in the day. Um, and so I was able to see that. Yeah, okay, I'm the, like the only person who liked the food at Comida. Oh, I think really? I'm the only person. I thought the food was really good. Obviously, like there were some things wrong, but yeah, it was kind of. A I thought it was good. It was. I'll, I'll be. I'll be your backer. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I um, that means a lot for me to hear you say that because I, it was some. It was a project that I poured my heart into from the very beginning, and there was a lot of like, a lot of things that I was able to learn out of that uh experience and so i left i left after the first year for a lot of reasons but uh, it stayed with me like i still think about the food i used to make and the team i developed there and it was great it was a great experience overall yeah, you did like a crunchy 
or no, a soft, um, it was like a fried soft uh, tortilla yeah. with a guacamole that was so good. Like, I still think about that. It like, was a, it's a great snack. And we were, uh, it, it was like a kind of like um, a new idea to Charlotte to, to be like uh, tequila focused, margarita focused restaurant. It was, it was fun. So yeah, you were almost like a few years. Well, I think the location's just like a curse location after the penguin in general. But it's but, a real ground, yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> like, there's got to be like some Indians that were buried there or something. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of a, a couple years early because I think now if you try to open that concept, like Charlotte would be much more into. And you've seen other people kind of do it too, but it's great that uh, that that's going on. I'm glad that. Uh, we were kind of the first to kind of uh, introduce it and get people the taste for it, which is awesome for me to think about. So you were at Kamita, and then where'd you go? So then I just kind of drifted for a little bit. Um, I did a couple of projects with some of my friends and just worked in different uh, restaurants. And then so I eventually landed working as the catering chef for Project 658, and which is a place where we do events. Uh, and so I've been... For the past year has been really reteaching myself how to cook in the lens of a catering chef and doing banquets and feeding over 100 people at a time instead of just you know tables of two for example so it's been a it's a big been a big learning curve for me the past three years and it's given me the opportunity to uh meet sarah and and start on this project uh, called chilitos and also doing private in-home catering so it's been really really a blessing well, how'd you guys meet? What, what's the story? What's the date story? Because, so... It depends for, on who you ask. For that reason, so, <laughs> I was helping out a friend uh, at, his lo- as, at his coffee shop. It's called Basil Coffee Shop. It's by... Uh, yeah. In West yeah. Charlotte, uh, the Laka Projects, where Batchmaker is currently. So I was helping my friend out doing his menu there. And, and one day I was in there, and I just noticed her. And so I just approached her, and uh, we started kind of talking and i was a bit shy at first but i eventually opened up to ask her out on a date and so after that we realized that we have a lot in common and have a lot of similar motivations and goals so it just kind of uh, naturally uh, developed from there yeah his first line was are you hungry (laughs) i saw her drinking all day she was really working like all day long she came in in the morning she left at 3 8 p.m and so i was like you gotta be hungry, right? Like, <laughs> so it was. I feel like I maybe I did life. it on purpose, but you notice no. <laughs> yeah, I, said, I think that's a good first pickup line for a chef. Oh, for sure. I mean, for a girl, it's all you want to hear. Someone who like wants to feed you, you know. So, and I had just at that time um, started a new job with the Plaid Penguin, um, working at their agency. And I was obsessed with it, just started. And I was just diving into like doing a bunch of work and catching up on stuff. And I would frequent Basil all the time um, and make friends with the owners. And I always noticed there was like a chef there kind of, you know, kind of helping out with the menu. And I heard about his amazing waffles that he was making. And so, (laughs) yeah. And so we met that way. And obviously our first date was going out to tacos um, Mm -hmm. and Where'd you yeah. go? We went to. He kept it a secret until we showed up. Oh, well, it's because you can't look it up on the internet, you know. So like, <laughs> if I told her, she wouldn't know anyway. So it's called Tacos del Regio, and it's on W T Harris. And I think they're the best ones in Charlotte. But 
Uh, a lot of people disagree, which is cool, and I don't care. But. They're known for the, uh, their uh, El Pastor. They've got a pretty yeah. good spit going. And I like them there. because they're, they're family-run restaurant, and uh, I've gotten to know them over the years, so it's it's uh, like it's always uh, buzzing in there, and there's a lot of like family involved. There's karaoke. There. There's kar- yeah, so it's really um, cool. And there's like always flashing lights in there, and it's <laughs> a party. And it's only open like two or three days a week, so it's just, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, very exclusive in that way. But yeah, anyway, so, we took her there. I took her there. Yeah. We went there. <laughs> and the rest is history. So, okay, coming from LA to Huntersville, mm-hmm. like, what were the biggest things? And I don't know what year this was, but what, 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 what did you, what did you miss the most that LA offered that Charlotte didn't have? Or... Well, I think I was a little bit too young to realize a lot of these things. But I, I mean, the first thing I realized was the scenery. Of, you know, apart from like the obvious, you know, it's like the big trees and the open landscapes. That was 2003 in Huntersville, so now it's a little bit, a little bit changing now, more developed. But that's what I noticed. But for me, I was really into playing basketball. Like I grew up, like in my early years, like loving to play basketball, loving the game. And so I noticed that it was really difficult here to play basketball for some reason because in LA you can just go to any park and play all day if you wanted to or in your backyard but here it was a little bit difficult for me got to kind of like look for these places and so I, I knew that stands out for from when I first moved here was that specifically and then eventually I started to realize that a lot of the food that I was able to get in LA wasn't the same because in Mexico and Mexican culture it's like really popular to eat spicy sweet candy and i remember going to walmart here and not being able to (laughs) things that i like snacks that i loved eating there's because that taste and flavor profile doesn't exist i think anywhere outside of the west coast which is spicy sweet sour salty she hates it i'm still getting used to it (laughs) and i love it so it's it's so something like that is probably i remember that's cool. So, tell us how you, how Chilitos, how the magic happen. Yeah. Um, so. A lot of it is her idea. <laughs> I think we, pretty early on, we both had talked about how you know our our goal one day, whether it's forever or not, is to work for ourselves. Um, and I think we we were still kind of developing individually, like in our in our individual careers, like learning. Um, how to do everything or like, you know, filling gaps in what we hadn't experienced yet. And there's plenty of that left, but we kind of reached a point with both of our day jobs where we were kind of looking for some kind of passion project to pour into. And, um, I had gotten to a point, um, in my own job and bless the plaid penguin, love them so much. I love Joe, everything he does. Um, and they do such amazing things. I had just gotten to a point where I wanted a little bit more of like work-life balance. Um, and obviously I feel like me, I care so much about the clients that we worked with that there was no way I was ever going to be able to carve out that time to, you know, create my own project outside of that. So I kind of made the the move of um, sadly leaving and, but excitingly just getting started on Cholito Tacos last fall. And we'd had, we talked about, you know, a concept. And obviously the first thing that comes to your mind is opening, you know, a a full-blown restaurant. And I think there are many times where he talks about how much he misses that kind of special 
treatment that you can really give each, each individual plate where you're not worried about feeding over 200 people, you know, um, like you, you know, like you usually are now. And so we knew we wanted to get there one day, but we knew it was kind of too much of a risk to kind of jump into that right away, especially with how quickly and on fire the Charlotte restaurant scene mm. has been the past couple of years. And um, so we were like, okay, let's just do pop-ups and see what happens. And luckily, like through his own personal network and through the network I had developed, we had a lot of support early on just organizing really cool dinner ideas with uh, local friends of ours that own, you know, coffee shops or breweries or event spaces where we kind of introduce ourselves as, you know, a team. And then um, Chilito was kind of born from that where we sat down one night and we were just like, all right, obviously Charlotte has like plenty of room for good food. It has plenty of room for good Mexican food. Um, but what is something that like is missing completely from the scene? And, you know, you can be the best chef in the world or have the best branding ever, but if your product is just not in high demand, especially in a world where there's so much to choose from right mm -hmm. now, um, it just might not go anywhere. And that's the risk that you take when you enter such a growing market. So breakfast tacos came to mind because we were like, hey, we're always waking up on Saturday and Sunday mornings wondering like where we should go for breakfast. And we're not always in the mood to like sit down and you know, have a biscuit with egg and cheese, which I love. Yeah, we love. Yeah. I love biscuits, but we just sometimes get tired of biscuits. Yeah, I feel like biscuits are like the southern equivalent of like a breakfast taco on the west coast, where it's like, yeah. I just want something quick, I don't want to have to put like anything on over my PJs, you know, I just want to roll up, grab something, get back into bed. And <laughs> we we thought about breakfast tacos and um, I've been to Austin a couple of times and just saw how incredible of a variety there are there. Um, and so we just got to work in kind of perfecting a recipe for, mm -hmm. for ours. And yeah, it's such a simple product, but it took months for us to kind of, and it, we're still working on yeah, perfecting. Definitely. There's always things that like me as a chef and in my nature, I want to like always perfect and make better. So I think from when we started, it's, it's a very different, I think, you know? Yeah. Like that, that photo that you guys posted of the taco and like the egg you know it's just like that super fluffy egg I mean that took months for us to perfect like exactly like the ratio the quantity the time and it's, it's things that no one thinks about we don't want people to overthink it yeah. we just want people to know that it's when they bite into it yeah. yeah that they're just enjoying it, but it takes forth on our end to make sure that it's enjoyable yeah yeah well you know if you people know if it's good or bad so they don't really care like how you got to the good but it just has to be good totally so, Chilitos, what, what's the name? What's the story behind the name? She thought of it too. She thought of <laughs> name. What have you done? I just trust her to make those calls because, I, for example, I, I would. He handles the kitchen. I handle the branding, and it's a beautiful harmony there. Yeah, but. and I have like my input too, but sometimes it's not very in. You know, the put. <laughs> hey, I understand that. <laughs> For example, like, I wanted to, she said, Chilito, oh, yeah. cool. That's, I said, yeah, that sounds, well, actually, no. Okay, so we were going to call it Little Chili. And 
we did a pop-up once and we made a cool sign out of you know a cardboard paper. what was it it was it was a, it was a cool sign we it saved was a up really for that cool sign. sign yeah and but it was a little chilly and we did it at a um at a halloween block party people thought we were selling chili because it was chilly outside you know and, and it was like <laughs> i understand that it meant like a little little pepper little chili pepper yeah and so people kept asking us like are you selling chili <laughs> which we weren't we were selling tamales <laughs> and <laughs> so it didn't make real uh, connection with the uh, with the people who yeah. who came up, and so this we we went back to the drawing board and we just named it Chilito because Chilito in Spanish means little chili, um, and so that's where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your branding is really great because I love the gold foil, and like the branding's cool, and you just feel like it feels like a cool hip little taco. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. So, yeah, you're, you're a good team because you've got the chef and then you've got the the marketing because marketing is so important, obviously, as you know. But I remind him every day of how much money we've saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's valuable these days. It's so necessary for there to be someone who's kind of, you know, keeping their eyes on everything that's necessary to like build that to the highest extent because it first impressions are everything these days, you know, and so much of that is just digital. And um, it takes a lot to get people through the doors to try something if they haven't been teased or exposed mm -hmm. online initially, you know, and so the gold foil, I mean, for us, that was kind of like a no brainer, because I was like, man, silver foil, I mean, what, like, how are we going to stand out with that, you know, and I was like, they've got to make other colors. And so yeah, we went with the gold. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because of all the future puns that we could make with that, too. It was just kind of a good choice. But, um, but yeah, make a good team. Okay, so currently you start, you have six different types of tacos, right, that you're doing. And then you do, like, uh, you're serving the cold brew coffee. So how did you come up, like, so you, you, you have barbacoa, pork belly, I'm not going to say my favorite because I want to know your favorite because I have a favorite uh, chorizo and then you have a couple vegetarian and vegan options. So how'd you come up with the with like the array of tacos and is that kind of what you're going to stick with? Are you going to branch out? What's kind of the plan going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. How did we? I feel like with our very first pop, our very first pop up was at Camp North End last October and we had it was in the middle of a storm yeah it was like like sideways wind was happening and our little like letterboard menu just kept falling over and over again and i think at that point we just had three um tacos we had, we had it with bacon yeah we had like a bacon one um a chorizo and amigas which is like basically like a chili paste is cooked with the eggs and then we kind of toss in some tortilla chips in there to give it like a little bit oh of that sounds really good bring that back it's yeah. like, used before, haven't you? So it's a little bit similar to that, where it's like tortilla chips with yeah. salsa. It's our actually, our became like our no meat one on the menu. Mm -hmm. So that's what our no meat one currently is. Is like Amiga style. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so we started with those three, and then we've always kind of understood. I think definitely through your experience in the kitchen. Um, that there's always room for a vegan or a vegetarian friendly option. And uh, we have a lot of vegan friends that, you know, we knew that we'd want to feed and have them enjoy the same kind of product. Mm. And so 
we actually love vegetables like as, as much as we also love meat, we love vegetables too. And so it was like no problem at all for us to think of like, not just resorting to like a faux meat option, but getting creative and, and doing a really great, uh, vegan option. So that's why we have the roasted sweet potato that we roast for like what hours before mm-hmm. and uh, like a flash yeah. fried mushroom, right? Yeah. Like the sweet potato is, I feel like it takes the place of the egg because it, if you cook it correctly, it comes out very custardy and uh, yeah, it's delicious with uh, the mushrooms and uh, the spices that we put in there. Yeah. And the bean, I, I have to say I've, I've changed my entire point of view on beans because... <laughs> oh, I hate beans. So I, that was like my biggest drawback was I was like, I don't like beans. Like, but so I was I was a little hesitant. But... Exactly. I totally know how you feel. And yeah. when we were doing them, we actually didn't have beans for the first couple of pop-ups. And then one of our really good friends who was from Texas, he was like, these are awesome. Let me just give you one little point of feedback everything has beans in Austin and like the beans will add a little bit of just like, um, I don't know, like moisture. It's kind of like the glue that holds everything together. And I'm like you, I was like, I don't want beans like in my, in my tacos. But I mean, pretty much I after that. Beans, like sometimes, you know, you just have beans for dinner. And so it was for me like, duh, why didn't I think of this? Beans. Yeah. And so- <laughs> like it's like bread and butter. It's like, you can't have one without the other. And so, as soon as we added beans and like, and we still get people who are like, can yeah. I have it without beans? Which I'm like, we're glad to do without beans. Yeah. But I always, I always kind of recommend them to just try it. Cause it's basically just like a very small little dollop that we just spread on the tortilla to make everything just kind of like moist and delicious, um, inside. And you barely notice it in there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and we've had plenty of people who've just been like, Oh, I, I was hesitant at first, but that was awesome. And yeah. Um, so so we decided to add beans and then you came up with the barbacoa idea yes i did just for one of the pop-ups i just thought to change it up a little bit and and see what we can do and and it proved to be popular and so we just stuck with it yeah Mm -hmm. and then the chorizo actually didn't make it come back until um this past couple of months we were like starting to get a lot of orders in and we want to kind of right disperse the, the meat options. yeah the thing is that i make my own chorizo we make our own chorizo so i don't buy it which i easily could go to the store and buy a case of chorizo but i think that i i would if like anytime we we come up with a recipe or an idea it's, it's always through the lens of how can we make it and so um it's challenging for some things but for the chorizo it's like if we're gonna do chorizo i'm gonna make it myself and so that's what we've been doing. And so when we started doing that, we just made the decision to always make our own chorizo and, and, and have it on the, on the menu. Have yeah. it on the menu. So we're going to have it on the menu. We're going to make it ourselves. Yeah. And then the kitty one just kind of came naturally because yeah. we just noticed everyone was walking up kids. Kids eat weird, you know, they, they don't eat certain <laughs> things. And sometimes it'll be super simple. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's not just for kids. I mean, we, yeah, we totally support. No, I like, I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were you were like specifically said this is not just for kids. Like you can yeah. eat it. It's funny. <laughs> totally. So, so before we get like walk through, walk through your process of like a week. So you you're doing the pop ups. You were doing it on Fridays. Now you switch to Saturdays. So just walk through the process of how you go about your week and getting ready for the big day. So um, she does different things, but. For me specifically to make all the tacos, it starts with 
going to the different warehouses to get things and bringing them into the kitchen and in sourcing ingredients, um, which has been kind of difficult in this past couple of weeks because of COVID. Uh, acquiring meat has proven difficult, um, but it's it's just that it's not as easily readily available in a lot of places. So I have to like really like go in early to the stores to find it. And so um, after that, you know, I take it back to the kitchen and, and start prep work. And I, um, it's a lot of stuff to do for sure. Like it, it's pretty much an entire full day of prep work the day before and then an early morning the day after to make them happen and then clean up people always forget about cleanup but cleanup <laughs> is really something that takes a lot of our time too to do yeah so how many tacos are you doing on a day normally on or, the pop-ups about 400 yeah it's it's inching towards 500 we're we're starting to cap at 450 every week which is pretty insane to think about because we used to do, I mean, 200, 200 like, if we sold 200, which we would sell out often at 200, like that was like magic to us. We're like, oh my yeah. God, <laughs> now we're, we're slowly inching towards the 450 and we're consistently selling out, which we can't be grateful enough for. Um, and that's why, yeah, we switched over to Saturdays and we definitely have it in our plans to start incorporating some Sundays, um, not pre-ordered, just kind of like show up if you want some. Because we understand that, you know, people maybe don't want the full, the half dozen or the dozen, and they just want to try one or two. And so that kind of gives us like a supplemental, um, you know, way to kind of reach people if, mm -hmm. if they're too busy or yeah, on Saturdays. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's, it's about, I'd say for one day of pop-up, it's like, it's two days of work. Yeah. So I go to the stores and I buy, you know, cases of peppers, of potatoes, cheese, everything that I need, meat. Um, and so I get a couple of helpers to help me do all these things, like the peel of potatoes and cut them the way that we need to, and the peppers, the onions and everything. And so in the morning after, I would, you know, I'd probably finish up around five and then I go straight home and I try to sleep. Um, I'm usually so wired that I can't fall asleep past 10 anyway. So I usually end up getting a couple hours of sleep and waking up at 1.30 to be in the kitchen by 2 or 2.30 and start cooking, like uh, cooking the eggs, everything that I need, warming all the meats up, warming up all the vegetables and potatoes. And so that when it's time to roll all the tacos, we're ready to go. Yeah, that's when I meet him. I meet him at three in the morning and we roll for five out, four or five hours. We prep everything, like assemble and load up and take everything to resident culture and have some fun mm -hmm. <laughs> and see some familiar faces. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's been cool. I mean, the pop-up aspect is so interesting because it's one thing to like have your own store space where you're doing all that work and then all you have to do is open your door and people can walk in. Mm -hmm. But there's that extra time that's dedicated toward organizing, making sure you have everything you need to take to where you're going and then also the setup and the breakdown, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's definitely a labor of love and on my end it I start a day before um, him taking pre the pre-orders and plugging them into our spreadsheet so it's there's a lot and of so you do it all through Instagram right yeah yeah which is I think so a couple of things I really like that are fun that it's like mystery kind of because it's like you send out the thing and then yeah then you just like DM which seems like crazy. I know a lot of companies are doing it now, but just, you know, you DM and then like you get like a little check mark back or 
say got you yep. and then you show up the next day and it just feels like very viral and like fun and like even during covid like the line like it moved really fast but just feels like a lot of good energy you get the tacos and they're in your car and like you can't possibly make it all the way home without eating a taco in your car <laughs> like figuring out which one you want it's just a really fun experience i'm sure like for families too if you drive up there with your kids and you're like passing around the tacos like i really like the way you guys didn't go directly you're kind of trying to do a viral pop-up thing not going directly to a storefront i think it makes it cooler and more fun and i'm sure it saves costs on your end not having to pay rent and make it yeah for now definitely and it's 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 so fun and i feel like one thing i did learn from um, my marketing background was just to not overcomplicate things, you know, just to keep things super simple and you can't be everything for everyone. And so we do have people, for example, that I'm sure wish that we had, um, you know, a commerce platform online, like on a website that you could order from, because maybe they don't know how to use Instagram or whatnot, but it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like, well, we, every week we have 500 people that do. So like, yeah, exactly. Well, and you can't like you only serve tacos and like yeah. six different ones. It's like very simple. You know what you're getting. Like it's yeah. really cool. Thank I hope you. more businesses do. Not that you have competition, but I hope more businesses go like your route and do fun. Like it's almost like a food truck, but like you're doing a pop up. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that think that it's a food truck. Like if they haven't been yet and. <laughs> There's, I mean, there's definitely like a little bit of education that goes along with it too. Like of, right. um, for example, like catering is something that we, we didn't anticipate getting a lot of people that would want us to cater to them or cater their events, like basically breakfast tacos, or we will do like our, our dinner tacos as well, which we did do uh, dinner taco kits during uh, COVID that did phenomenal. And we were very, really, really sad that we had to cut those off for now, but they'll be coming back for sure one day. Um, but that was, that kind of, you know, gave people a green light to reach out to us and get them to cater dinners or, um, you know, breakfast or do like an office drop off or breakfast tacos. And that's all awesome. But I think for us, we had to understand that since we don't have a storefront just yet, it is a lot of work to come into the kitchen just to make like one catering order, you know? And so it, it kind of sucks for us because we, we want to be able to do that. And we're like, just wait until we have a storefront and then please hit us up, you know, but we still will do things for groups of 20 or more um, right now. But yeah, that's like a whole other branch of business that feels very different when you're a pop-up operation and not a storefront where like you're cooking all day long anyway, Yeah, you know? So that's been interesting. Well, talk about the tortillas because you you made a when I showed up last time. You're like these tortillas, they're special. Yeah, so we uh, did our research and finding what tortillas we can get that are more artisanal, but you know at a good price, and that we can get them shipped here um, because we don't have the means yet to do our own tortillas. Yet. We, will. we will. And so um, we found a place in Arizona that. Um, would provide us with some really good tortillas at a good price. And so we decided to go to work, to work with them, to get them to send us through the mail, their tortillas. Um, and by place, he means one guy, his name one, is Manny. Yeah, and guy. he just has like his tortilleria. <laughs> so, so I, I'm very disappointed that I was not in the trial period of these tortillas. 
because it seems like fun where you were just like eating tortillas. <laughs> so how many like how many different places did you try until you found Manny? Well, so we wanted to go with like the kinds that we could get readily at the grocery store because those are more easy to get. So we thought we went through a couple different ones. So there's El Milagro, which is good. It's like classic Mexican and, goods. And they're, they're at a company from Chicago and, yeah. and they have a presence everywhere in all the Latin supermarkets. So we wanted to go with them at first, but then but then we just decided that we needed something a little bit more uh, more authentic, I would say, or more just more artisanal, like I said, because um, it, it, I feel like that's like the base of it all. So it, it's really important that you get it however, uh, how you want it. And so we thought that we can make it a little bit more special by looking at uh, places in, you know, Arizona, that region southwest that do flour tortillas at a, at a more, uh, at a larger production. So we found them out. And so I would reach out to a lot of people and they, I wouldn't get the, they wouldn't waste their time on me. So, <laughs> so I would say, okay, like Manny, he's good. He's, um, he sent me some good samples and we like them. Let's just work with them. And so that's how it happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And the price was good too. A lot of it, the, like, for example, artisanal tortillas, they, they can become pretty expensive. And, and if you can negotiate a good wholesale price, if they're not willing to work with you, then it just, it's, why do you even want to spend like $2 per tortilla, you know, just so you can buy them at retail. You have to really be able to negotiate a good price with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a it, a sub industry that's like starting to blow up is just the artisanal tortilla scene. Um, and it's definitely in our plan. That's a scene I'd like to get into. Yeah, it's amazing. No, and, uh, and a lot of my experience in comida has taught me all the intricacies about tortilla making process that is just no one thinks about because it's a tortilla and it costs 10 cents. You know, and so why do you even care, right? You just buy it at the store and it's good. But no, for me and for us in Chilito, we really want to develop that into our model as, as like a tortilla making, um, something that we make ourselves too is the tortillas. Yeah. But for now, we have to figure out what we can get that is not going to um, overexert our resources. So, you know, we're looking to work with him at uh, in Manny from Arizona has been good, but we're continuing to figure out what we can do better. Yeah. So, so what's next for Chilitos? Next, um, finding <laughs> our permanent home, I think. Yeah, right? definitely that. Uh, there's a couple of things that we're doing this month. Um, as far as pop-ups go, like trying to do more pop-ups, uh, like on Sunday, for example, or dinner, uh, one. dinner ones as well. So. We're doing a really, we just actually had dinner last night with the Yoders um, who own Not Just Coffee and they're such nice people. They've known mm -hmm. Hector for years, but yeah. we, we're going to help them celebrate their one year at J Street, uh, their J Street location in July, right? Mm -hmm. uh, next month. Yeah, and we're going to be doing some really great food out there like tamales, ceviche, elote skewers, like the street corn. Um, some really cool coffee drinks with like some churros and yeah, it's going to be awesome. So that's coming up and it's, it's our goal pretty much once a month to do some kind of mm -hmm. dinner pop up, uh, somewhere. And it, totally. there's nothing we love more, honestly, than just collaborating with people that we love in this city. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, it's like currency to like do these experiential experiences with people that have provided so much for you in terms of like friendship or inspiration or 
you know, people who just get it in like terms of what we want Charlotte to be like in the culinary scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of like our our way of putting our heart out there and providing something really cool for them to be a part of as well. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't be more thankful for the resident culture team. Amanda and Philip are awesome. And it's just been very, almost to an overwhelming extent, like so, so great to see how willing people are in Charlotte who we look up to wanting to like have us in the mix with them and, and bring some kind of fresh, you know, young energy um, to the scene. Cause I, I do feel like Charlotte has kind of been ruled by amazing, talented, like people who've been in the game for a while here. And you don't really hear every day about like new and upcoming people, um, especially because a lot of concepts are coming from outside of Charlotte and just kind of opening up, you know, their Charlotte location. And so, yeah, there's nothing we love more, I feel like, than working with people who are bringing, also bringing something new to Charlotte and mm-hmm. sharing the wealth. <laughs> That's awesome. Scallion pancake taco. In the works? Yeah. What do you guys want? <laughs> I want the scallion pancake instead of the tortilla. Okay. And, and then you've got to have, like, a little branding of a pug. Like, you put a little... <laughs> we'll work on it. Um, okay. Not so you mentioned... You mentioned yeah. <laughs> Uh, no dog meat. Yeah. No pug meat. So I didn't tell you. So my favorite taco, the, I don't know if I've had the barbacoa yet, but because I think Yvonne steals that, but the pork belly is my favorite so far. I'm a pork guy. I love pork. And it's my favorite, my family's favorite. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> we were just having this conversation last night about how pork is like a touchy subject for people for some reason. Like it's like you almost like pork can't be the only meat you have on your menu for some reason. Um, like you have to have chicken or some kind of meat. Cause and I feel like we get people who either are pork enthusiasts and they order like a dozen chorizo and a dozen pork. <laughs> Seriously. And they'll, they'll stick them in their freezer and they'll eat them all week long. And they just love pork, which is awesome. And then you have people who just don't mess with pork, I guess, and just, you know, stick to their barbacoa or their no meat to the, Mm-hmm. the other options and it's just, it's really interesting to see um yeah. yeah but that sounds good i'm glad that you like the pork one because sometimes we've had discussions like <laughs> we got to get rid of the pork one she says because not enough people order it not enough people like it no, i'd say no <laughs> well no, we've, it's a, we've got it's, like a, a finger on our dial now of like you know doing this now for a half a year i guess we have like a <clears throat> which is crazy we have kind of our finger on the dial of which ones rank you know, each week and, and just which ones time after time sell out the quickest. And it's always barbacoa and chorizo. So you do have a pork in there. It's just not the pork belly's third. And is then, it? yeah, I mean, people love their meat. And what's also really interesting is depending on where we've popped up, we've also noticed different um, consumer habits. Like every time we go to South End, our vegan and no meat options just like run up. <laughs> well, I mean, that made sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a Midwood, people love their meat. I mean, the closer you get to Barry's boot camp, like the <laughs> more vegan it's going to be. Yeah. I know. We, were, we were last Sunday and we were like, wow, like we're sold out of vegan. And everyone was like, well, I mean, Luna's kitchen is right there. Luna's living. Kitchen. Like, Don't yeah. forget. And I was like, true. So. Yeah. Okay. So what are, the other places so you kind of mentioned at the beginning but what are your other favorite like mexican latin american places around town that maybe like us gringo people 
don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah, we are, okay, so we, I mentioned Tacos de Regio on WT Harris, and which is my favorite. Hers is Tacos de Nevada, which is here on Central Avenue, and they have two locations, one on South Boulevard, and there's really good too. I like them. Say it clear for the Tacos for the El Nevado. <laughs> It's the orange little taco shop on Central Ave. You have to DM this to us because we, like, so we went to Mexico for the first time in November, and it was so amazing. Like, Is that your first time? First time. We had been to Peru, but we'd never been to Mexico, and just just the food there, unbelievable. Like, so I, I, it's not that far, like, to fly to Mexico City is only three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't realize that. And it's just the variety of food and just the people there were so nice and, like, you know, helping us understand. And the Al Pastor tacos were just so good. So Did you I a perspective on what you thought Mexican food was? Oh, for sure. Like, I was so, I mean, borderline racist the way I thought about Mexican food. Like, because when you have it here, it's like Tex-Mex or, like, crappy, you know, these crappy, like, Azteca or whatever that and then you go there and you're like the ingredients are so good like we went to the main market in Mexico City and they have all these taco stands and they had like a blue corn tortilla with uh I forget what they had like it was just a little bit of cheese and like flowers and I forget the type of flour Yvonne would know and it was so good it's just so like it's such a variety and it's like you know it's not just met I mean obviously I'm talking to you guys but like there's so many different regions and just the it's like such a variety of terrain and it's a it's an incredible country and uh i want to go back like so bad (laughs) it's pretty incredible i so i'm actually not mexican i'm half spanish and half persian and so I grew up eating, like, the word tortilla to me means, like, tortilla española, like, like the potato and pata. Yeah. And so when I first met him, like, I mean, there was so much I had no idea about with Mexicans. So I, I totally understand. It's been, like, a crash course, like, the past two years since we've been together of learning about Mexican food. And I felt the same way as you. I went to Mexico uh, City the first time with me too. him. I'd never gone to Mexico City. Yeah. My family's from Guadalajara and... Uh, we've just never been had never had a reason to go to Mexico City other than just maybe now when I'm an adult and I can go for fun. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the food is just like what what I love so much is that it's so laid back. You know, it just kind of speaks for itself. It's it's almost a reflection of the people there. It's just humble. It's good. It's pure. It's it doesn't need much else to make it happy. You know what I mean? Like it's like. <laughs> There's no frill to it. It's just really wholesome, good food. And it, again, that's just so much a reflection of the culture and the people. Like, it's just, yeah. And I think that in an age where there's so much of frill and so much, you know, shiny toy syndrome going around with food where it's like, <laughs> oh, this is new. I got to go check that out. All right. I Instagrammed it. What's next? Like, this is new. You know, Mexican food to me just is something that will be here forever because it just, it doesn't need that to it to satisfy us you know and it's been um really amazing to learn from you and the and yeah Yeah. it's just good like you sometimes you want the fancy stuff yeah like the sit down white tablecloth and there's some mexican places like that i mean but sometimes you just want to 
drive through and get a awesome breakfast taco. What about well, your welcome. favorite, um, our favorite like higher end Mexican spots like uh, Cosmen? Oh and yeah, New York. Cosme was my it was a life changing time when I went there. But also Cosme, there's a couple places in the United States that do. Um, I don't so know. we went. So we went to Puyo, which is his one in Mexico City. Mecca, yeah. <laughs> I was so inspired by that in culinary school by Enrique Olvera when he was coming up, and I just I was always uh, admiring his and his team what they do. I'm yeah. glad you went. Was it when they did the renovations, right? Because they you know they did. Yeah, we went in November. It was awesome. I wanted to. Go, so we did Quintonel like for lunch, and then we did Puyo, and that was not smart. Don't ever do that. Because <laughs> when we got to Puyo, we were so full. But it was so good and, like, a very cool scene there. I want to go back. They have, like, a taco bar where you can sit there and they do, like, 12 courses of tacos. That sounds like a good write-off for Cholitos. A little yeah. nice little trip there. Yeah, for sure. Broken Spanish in L.A. is also mm -hmm. one of our favorite places to go when we do that. So we totally get – there are definitely times that we, like, the fancy you know yeah. experience as well um well it's cool to see the difference like how how a place like that runs just seeing how they run a restaurant like that and just the intricacies and there's 30 chefs and yeah. it's crazy and then you go to like but then you can walk right outside and there's a taco tent <laughs> and it's, it's just as good <laughs> yeah. there's your emo's bouche right there just, yeah. yeah we love but, love that idea so what are kind of random that i feel like people those kind of chefs have inspired us to do is a lot more outdoor cooking and like smoking meats outdoors um is something that we love doing we did a wedding back in october totally. where we just basically had like a pit where we smoked the carne asada like outside and yeah. just sliced it up and served it on some blue corn tortillas and you know all the toppings and stuff and that's something we love to do um if anyone wants to book us, feel free. <laughs> Shit, I might book you today for our. We we need you. You can come to our office. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what are the other places around town that you like to go? Or just anything? Like, anything. Anything. Um. So besides those two, which are for tacos and somewhat of like Mexican food. I mean, I think for you, it has to do with more like the chefs. Like you're a Chris Coleman groupie for sure. Yeah, he's my guy. Yeah, we love Chris <laughs> he, he, he. It was so funny because we went to Cholitos and then he texted us. He's like, you need to have him on the pod. And then like, oh, guys reached out and we were going to reach out and it was perfect. And I was Great. like, this is awesome. So yeah, we Chris it's Coleman not, is. He, anything he touches is just good. Um, yeah, mm. it's just good. And I love that he uses you know, global inspiration in his dishes. It, it He does it really well and it's not baked like some people, like you can kind of taste when it's forced, you know, and it just comes naturally yeah. to him, I feel like. So um, we, I mean, I, I grew up only having Spanish food at home that my mom would cook. And so I was very iffy when Barcelona opened, but I'm, I've been very pleasantly surprised at how well they've been able to execute, especially because it's not even a local concept. It's, you know, national and um, I feel like maybe sometimes the quality suffers in that, but they, that's our favorite spot to kind of grab a glass of wine and get like a cheese board and, you know, hang out, um, end up ordering like 50 more things, <laughs> but, and the ambiance there is just really, you know, really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. If you have to go to Spain, like if you've never been to Spain, 
where 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 would you send someone to you have like a week oh man um <laughs> no my family's from a very small town but um i've i've been to madrid countless times yeah i i would say you know madrid and barcelona and then maybe pick somewhere down south ride the bullet train between the three and just kind of like keep it moving um but definitely in madrid wake up and go straight to la mallorquina it's a little, oh, yeah. it's a little bakery that's been there since like I think the 1800s. Um, it's in the corner of Plaza del Sol or Puerta del Sol, where the bear statue is. You'll see it. There's a line out the door every single day, all day, and they have the best little baked goods and just yeah. like flaky dough, you know, pastries that um, are just classic in Spanish culture. Mm-hmm. And it's standing only; can't even sit. So I would send yeah. someone there for sure. <laughs> Um, and then you would probably send people up north to some of your favorite chef spots. Well, yeah, but I've never been to Spain so much to experience them. But I went once with her at Christmas time, went to Madrid. And then I say Cuenca because it's very historic and it is a small town. And I like small towns. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of my upbringing. But I really liked Cuenca. And I think you can see a lot of like historical sites and get a taste of um the the Spanish culture that you probably don't see in bigger cities. Mm. For me, it's would yeah. be something like that to look forward to. <laughs> and go to yes. Valencia. Go to Valencia for a really good paella because that's on the coast, so they'll incorporate a lot of great seafood into their paellas. I would say. Yeah, Spain is awesome. We went. I've been a couple times, but we went just for one, basically two nights, Barcelona, because we went to uh, El Cellar de Can Roca which was um, awesome. And then we went to, we couldn't get a reservation of tickets, so we went to Enigma, which was awesome, too. So, but I want to go back. Yeah, it's, so we just went, like, flew in, but I, I'd love to spend a bunch of time. Like, so nice. Spain, all the, it's just hospitality. It's yeah. just so nice. That's awesome. We gotta we gotta take a double date trip together. <laughs> let us know what let us know what we've been wanting to put together a sky and pancake trip, but only invite people we like. So yeah, um, awesome. like not not open to the public. Like regular people can't come. You have to like <laughs> get to pass some certain tests. You have to have a pug. <laughs> well here's no. the thing the Spanish food. When we went to that small town, um what did what do you call those places? So you have a they have, they call it a certain thing, but it's basically like a mess hall and it's like the small town mess hall and the food there is, is very authentic because it's prepared by the locals there. And it changed my view of Spanish food too, because I didn't realize how, how, um, I guess homey it could be or, or oh. whatever, because I'm just so used to like thinking about it, how tapas is and like, yeah, the, like the innovative, like Spanish chefs, but I've never really experienced a Spanish home cooked meal. And, and <laughs> And when you go to those small towns, they're so around that you can get it and they're delicious. That's actually a really funny point. I've never realized that as an outsider, like you probably just think that Spanish people just eat little bites all day long. And we definitely. (laughs) Yeah, little bites are like you go and like have like micro gastronomy and that's it. (laughs) Like bubbles and consomme all day long. (laughs) El Bui style. But the, but the, the Spanish omelet with the potato i mean yeah classic good yeah Yeah, we'll work on it we'll work on a little trip because we need you guys speak spanish we can eat like we're a perfect team (laughs) (laughs) 
Mexico is a lot closer than Spain. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cheaper. That's the other thing about Mexico. Like you can you get tacos and they're like twenty five cents and they're so amazing. Like you can just walk around eating all day and it's like yeah. more people need to go. Like just to especially in this time, like I think travel's so important to see other cultures and not just, you know, growing up here where like, you know, you're so sheltered and to get to a we we need to travel more. I think that would make the country a better place. Not to get too political. I said we weren't going to get political. No, 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 no. You're good. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, you know, Bourdain was like my god to me, and he still is, but, you know, rest in peace. It's been two years now, and we actually met, or we went on our first date the day that Bourdain passed away, and I, yeah. I feel like it's some kind of, like, fate out there where, like, <laughs> someone whose philosophy I followed my whole life, like, what you're explaining where it's just, like, you really don't need to do much to understand a culture or connect with someone that you may not understand their background besides, you know, just eating a meal together or sharing, you know, food It just can speak volumes um, where maybe language exchange can fall short. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jason. We'll make, we'll make it, we'll make this trip happen, but I'm just really happy that you guys are doing what you're doing in town and really adding a, a really nice little niche to Charlotte. So keep doing what you're doing. Okay, our final question. What's the best thing you ate this week? What day is it today? <laughs> it could be, see, that's the thing. Like, it could really be anything you've ever eaten. Like, you don't have to tell us. It could have been three years ago. But just so you know, like, I'm helping uh, at Optimus Hall, the Suarez Cafe in Barra. I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Carlos and them, so I'm trying to helping them out with their opening, which is going to be soon. And so I've been eating a lot of bakery. Yes. Yeah. They're opening up a cafe and kind of, I don't want to say bar, but a counter like a count. Yeah. Yeah. At at Optimus Hall. And so we've been doing a lot of Cuban sandwiches. And so for me, the best thing I've had all week, which is right now it's Thursday, like a Cuban sandwich. (laughs) So that's pork, mustard, pickles, Swiss cheese, and a nice Cuban style bread for me. If that's not the best plug I've ever heard. No, it's not a plug. It's for <laughs> real. Kidding. It's the real thing. I got a Cuban sandwich yesterday. We're obsessed the with them. We can't wait for them to open. Yeah. I mean, I don't really eat a lot of stuff when I'm working, which is all the time. Like, I don't have a lot of time to go out to eat. But definitely, it was a Cuban sandwich this week. I think last week was a different sandwich. <laughs> sandwich guy. I think for uh, me. Last week was a bun me from cilantro. Oh, yeah. You love cilantro. <laughs> he loves cilantro. Yeah. Oh, we we like discovered that they need a little help with the branding. Like I think you could get in there, maybe oh. do a little work. But yeah, that's the place is good too. For me, it was definitely your guacamole. Yeah. Um, oh, seriously, the best guacamole ever. We brought some over uh, yesterday. Yeah, to the Yoder's <laughs> house last night and had some of that. And if we're mentioning drinks at all, um, we've been living off of the resident culture beers yes. lately. Like so freaking good um well what's what's island time it's I like the super anymore, but it was good when it lasted i think they have they still might have some okay. but i mean talk about a perfect beer to go with any taco it's like very lime focused it just literally makes you feel like you're sitting on a beach in nayari mexico <laughs> when, when are we getting this guacamole with the tacos uh, no. so we had them <laughs> we had them for uh for the taco dinner kits which uh we had carnitas, his Jalisco-style birria, and uh, chicken tinga. Those were, like, our options for the taco dinner kits and a veggie option. 
the guac was also an add-on and pretty much 95% of orders. Of course. <laughs> ordered, and it's, I really didn't think that would happen because we, you know, since it was kind of family focused, it was enough for four people, the guacamole. And I mean, we had people rolling in like one or two people that were just like, I don't care how much it is or how, yeah, like I want that. And so, yeah, we got a lot of great feedback on the guacamole and that's definitely something that will be front and center when we have our storefront. Don't worry. So the storefronts in the works? Yeah, we're actively searching for a place where we can be. We've we've pretty much like dwindled our search down to like a few different uh, neighborhoods and spaces, and so we're just kind of uh, waiting a little bit to kind of make any final decisions. But yeah, and it's just us too. So like we, we really want to like be intentional with our resources and our time. So I mean, it's gonna take time, but the yeah, intention- take your time. I mean, you're you got a good pop up thing going. Don't you don't you got time for it. Thank you so much. All right. You guys have been awesome. Uh, we'll be going, we are going to frequent Chilitos, uh, and we're excited for your eventual place. And um, when you spend a month with us together traveling somewhere, we'll yeah. figure that out. <laughs> I'll bring my mask. <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously, we will do it safely <laughs> within six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And oh well, tell us where. So it's at Chilitos. Um, Chilito Tacos. Yep, on Instagram. And we just got a website, ChilitoTacos.com. Um, not much on there, but you know, something to browse. It's got a little yeah. bit of history on there. So Instagram or ChilitoTacos.com. And then you and then you order. You can order through Friday now to get it on. When's the last <laughs> yeah, order? So- Orders go live Thursday morning. They just did about two hours ago, and we take like I well, said. This isn't posting till Sunday, so haha, I'm gonna do them all. Oh yeah, okay. So, so we we take orders starting Thursday morning, and uh, we rack them up until we sell out. Like we said, we cap it at that 4:50 uh, mark for the tacos. So, yeah, that's that. Come out, find awesome. it. So yeah, go go order on Instagram, and uh, everyone have a great week. Thank you guys. Thank you guys.